0: Hello, welcome to the Body Mind Spirit Podcast, the podcast for the Idea Crucible, an online multimedia magazine for practitioners and public alike. My name is Eric Moya, and I'll be your host. Please check us out at the full Idea Crucible site at www.theideacrucible.com. There you can find blogs, articles, webinars, and regular practitioner supervision groups all based around the concept of body mind spirit integration. And welcome to the inaugural podcast. Appropriately enough, today's topic is going to be body-mind-spirit. What do we mean by body-mind-spirit? What is body-mind-spirit integration and related questions? Hopefully, today's podcast will give you some context for how we organize our content and maybe even give you a little food for thought. In particular, to get us started, I wanted to put the spotlight on that curious human struggle a lot of us have when it comes to grasping big picture concepts and being able to understand them. Concepts such as body, mind, spirit. Heaven forbid actually be, be able to talk about them and to communicate that with others. Why as humans do we tend to have such a challenge with such things? Well, I'm going to suggest that a lot of our challenge comes in our relationship between the big picture and the details. Let's say that you're sitting in a cafe somewhere. It's a beautiful day, and you're having a moment of feeling peace and tranquility and thoughtfulness as you enjoy your coffee or your tea or whatever it is. Across the street from you, you notice a person who does not yet see you observing them chances are good you'll start noticing details about the person what they are wearing how tall they are how old they appear to be and so forth now some of these details coming into you come into your consciousness and the vast majority of them are not they go into your unconsciousness you might find yourself drawn to the person's clothes or hair consciously but once again even more many 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 details are coming to you in your subconscious You can kind of think about it, what ends up happening is that a sort of complete picture that includes your thoughts, your feelings, your sensations, your conscious, and your unconscious all begins coming together, and your personal history comes into play. Perhaps the person reminds you of someone else who is really important to you once upon a time, or worse, reminds you of someone that maybe hurt you. And not just your own personal history comes into play, but society comes into play. Everything that commercials and news and friends might have had to say about that type, quote-unquote, of person you see, are going to factor into how your brain starts absorbing that scene and differentiating it. Even your own natural temperament comes into play. Some of us just seem to be more naturally hardwired for generosity, more fearfulness, or even compassion than others. Oh, my goodness. Even your mood and your diet and the amount of sleep you got the night before are going to factor in into how you perceive and how you differentiate what you perceive in that person across the street. In other words, all of you comes into play as you perceive that scene. We can learn a lot from the Gestalt people in this type of thinking. In some circles, that whole concept might be called the gestalt of the experience or the complete shape of the experience. A gestalt therapy approach to helping people, for example, is in putting the spotlight and focus on those organizing principles which come to bear in that contact between a person and their environment. The awareness of internal states and information inside our body is commonly referred to these days as interoception. And the opposite of interoception would be the awareness of stimuli external to our body, and we will call that exteroception. And the interplay between the two is complex and beautiful and a very big part of what makes us human. All right, but let's not get too lost on that at the moment. For this podcast, we are less concerned with how we break the big picture apart and more concerned with the simple idea that we do break the big picture apart. We absorb holes and then we differentiate them with whatever tools we have available to us. And we do that for the sake of analyzing it, describing it, and trying to understand it. The point is that your perception takes in a kind of big picture of that person and situation, and for a split second, that big picture isn't divided yet. It is complete as it is. And it is only shortly after that that your eyes and perception begin parsing out into details. So let's put the focus on that moment before your perception begins breaking apart that picture. I want you to imagine that we could freeze frame that moment, kind of press the the proverbial pause button, if you will, that now we could revel in that big picture holistic moment. It's a short moment, and it's a moment of having the sensations of the complete experience come into you just as they are. It's a moment most likely marked by that same feeling of peace and tranquility you had just before even noticing the person, and just before you begin making that shift from internal awareness to the external. It is both a moment of wholeness and observation, a moment of attention and awareness. Now, we honestly wouldn't want to stay in that place forever, In fact, it's a bit of an excessively internal moment right there, devoid of an ability to connect with others, but it's also extraordinary too in its completeness. Basically, I think you can see where we're getting at. Details and understanding are important and that big picture moment is important as well and is before the details and the understanding start transforming it. So I'm curious, what kind of person did you imagine? You can feel into each of these for just a bit but here are some scenarios which are unlikely the scenarios that you thought of but uh, you know different possibilities let's pretend that the person you notice is a young child nervously watching the traffic and looking if she is about to step out into oncoming cars to cross the street or let's pretend that it is your once closest friend that you haven't seen in many years and they're just sort of suddenly across from you there or Maybe it's something completely different. Maybe it's an elderly man looking highly disoriented, perspiring profusely, and clutching his chest. Each of these situations is likely to elicit a very different response from you. So clearly, details are important, and we need those to meaningfully interact in the world. And because that first moment of wholeness is so short... We tend to spend the vast majority of our lives in the details, and the understanding, and the attention part of it. In fact, it's kind of a human trait to get lost in the details. And it is super easy to get lost in the details for the simple fact that we spend most of our time there. It is a very short moment before we begin that differentiation process of our perception. But it's more than that. It's more than just the fact that we spend most of our time in the details. For a lot of us, there is also something so deliciously tempting about the details. The more details you have, it's almost like you own it more, like you own the situation. Oh, doesn't that feel good? Sometimes I tend to think that discovering details is kind of like a squirrel foraging for food. The more details found, the better chance of surviving the winter. The search for details and information becomes an end goal all by itself. In the world of therapists, an an over-focus on details can look like an obsessive focus on technique or research or anatomy at the cost of blending or melding or properly connecting with the client or the patient. Well, good thing. I'm imagining that if you are the type of person to click into a podcast called the Body Mind Spirit Podcast, that you're also the type of person who values the big picture. I'm really glad you're here. Now I'm going to make a claim here and say that the relationship between details and the big picture is kind of similar to the relationship between knowledge and wisdom. Have you ever given much thought to the difference between knowledge and wisdom? I'm sure some of you have. Well let's make it simple. Knowledge is knowing stuff. Wisdom is being able to use it well. It's good to know stuff, but being able to use what you know well, well that's wisdom. (laughs) And, simply, there is no wisdom without the knowledge to support it. So considering details to be the end goal is kind of like mistaking knowledge for wisdom. And not caring about the details at all, well, that's kind of like trying to be wise without knowing anything. Obviously you need both. So what is the right relationship between details and the big picture? particularly in the tendency to spend so much time in the details because the big picture is so brief. Well, here's some homework for you after this podcast. Think about it. In your life, what is the best possible relationship between the details and the big picture? Now, here's the thing. I would imagine that that answer for you will probably change depending on your life stage and your your individual circumstance. So it might even be an interesting question to ask at different times of your life. All right, so let's get back to sitting in that cafe, observing the person across the street. I want you to appreciate for just a moment how how the big picture quickly collapses down on us as we try to understand it. I'm going to argue that in the best of scenarios, we become skilled enough and integrated enough to maintain both big picture awareness and detail awareness and hold space for both simultaneously, or at the very least be able to move fluidly back and forth between the two as the situation requires. This isn't a natural skill set for most of us. And here's a tiny side track. We could probably do a whole podcast just on the skills of moving fluidly between detail attention and big picture awareness. But for the moment, what might that actually look like? Well, it looks like learning details without losing the tra- losing track of why you're learning them. And conversely, it looks like continuing to learn details even when you don't think they are important. You attend to one so you can properly embrace the whole, you tend to the other so you can properly embrace the whole. Well now, coming back to body mind spirit. The term and concept of the integrated body-mind-spirit is kind of like that initial moment of observing that person before your thinking brain begins collapsing it down into the details and categories. It's not a hard sell these days, in polite social conversation, to use the term body-mind-spirit and have people generally respond favorably. Oh, body-mind-spirit, yeah, I like that, oh, I'm a big fan. From the point of view of your total organism, your body, your mind, and your separate are not separate. They're an integrated, dynamic, and complex whole where they're mutually reinforcing and influencing each other. Everything functions and mutually influences everything else. It's really rather remarkable in its totality. But trying to perceive all of that big picture at once is tough for us. We can feel that big picture. We can sense it but we can't understand it. We can't understand the big picture because perceiving it is larger than understanding. This is one of the reasons why we're using the one long run-on word, body, mind, spirit, all lowercase, for this podcast. We're trying to convey the integrated nature of us. So, here's the invitation for you. Use the word. Use the word body, mind, spirit gleefully to refer to something big before it gets broken down. And just like before, although the experience of the whole is wonderful, it does little for us when it comes to putting words to what we perceive and then communicating that to others. This is where we get to bring our thinking brains back online once again. For communication and greater understanding, it is just simpler to be able to break down a big picture into its constituent parts, to categorize it, describe it, to separate it. Now, with the body, the mind, and the spirit, we have different therapies and different therapists who tend to start with one and then kind of incorporate the others, and that's useful. For body workers, for example, it is helpful to be able to talk about the body and all the physical structures of the body and to work with techniques on how to influence those. For psychologists and counselors it is helpful to talk primarily about the mind and our psychology and then try to incorporate the others into that. And for our spiritual leaders, well, it's just as helpful to be able to talk about the spirit and tend to that and then attend to the body and the mind as need be. You can kind of think that with different types of therapies, each one of these approaches is kind of a portal into the whole. Now, even though we might know these categories aren't separate in real life, For the sake of understanding and communication, it is helpful for us to temporarily pretend as if they are, or as if they were. And in an ideal scenario, we do that to enhance our perception of the big picture. So what that means is that we are just as equally obligated to bring them back together again when we are done. And to speak of the details of the body-mind-spirit without forgetting our origin of the body-mind-spirit, To bring our conversation back together at the end of our discussion, to to forget to bring back our conversation back at the end of the discussion, is to fall into the age-old trap of reducing things that we're trying to avoid when we begin. Sometimes I think of it as like, well, we try to return back to the big picture just because it's rather discourteous if we don't. (laughs) So let's try something. Perhaps the word, body, mind, spirit itself, might become a bit of a living word that can change itself as we use it. A word that communicates all three at once, every time it is used, but is also able to shift as it reflects a particular foreground topic of the speaker. If we're talking to a person about their spirit, but don't want to lose the bigger picture as we talk... Maybe we can refer to the spirit-body-mind to communicate which aspect we are dealing with in the foreground, spirit, but without losing the bigger picture. And if we're talking to a client about their psychology, perhaps we can use the term mind-body-spirit to acknowledge our foreground conversation while reminding ourselves of the background to our topic. And likewise with the spirit-body-mind, or the body-mind-spirit, anyway. Is it possible to have our language become expressly and explicitly dynamic alongside the speech and meaning of the speaker? Let's try. I like that idea. And using language as a way to remind ourselves and teach ourselves as we go. So, at least in terms of a podcast now called the Body, Mind, Spirit Podcast. Some of you may be asking, so, all right, Eric, why are you calling this the Body-Mind-Spirit podcast and not the Mind-Body-Spirit or the Spirit-Body-Mind podcast? Well, two answers. Honestly, I think the body needs just a touch more advocacy out of the three when it comes to developing truly next-generation concepts of their integration. And secondly, well, we need to begin somewhere. All right. Welcome to our first episode. It's a shorter one, but wanted to get us started. Glad you're here. If you have some ideas or passions which touch upon body, mind, spirit concepts, let me know. I'm looking for contributors just like you. With this podcast, I definitely plan on interviewing some some leaders in the field and reflecting different types of modalities and pretty much host anybody who is interested in body-mind-spirit integration and has something to say. And from time to time, I might do a little shorter podcast with something on my mind as well. By design, the Idea Crucible is trying to be big picture in its focus by rising and raising the synergy of many voices together. We want your voice to be in the mix too. You can contact me directly through the website, www.theideacrucible.com. All right. Thank you for listening. Please consider joining our mailing list. We want to get to know you too. And as always, thank you for wanting to be a better person today and every day.